Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week, three in a row? Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring as 37? I know. I know. I know. <laughs> and, and you know what? I think I'm probably going to have to save that episode, save that movie for that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eva, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, we'll, we'll, I'll talk to you offline about uh, okay. Kevin Smith. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, inside joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, we have uh, Eva, Eva back with us. We have, as always, uh, we have have you again, uh, Mike, TFG One Mike from Geekcast Radio Network. Oh, uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and just give everybody a quick blurb, real quick, on what's happening with Geekcast Radio? Well, we just wrapped our top 100 animated films countdown, which was Geekcast Radio episodes 51 through 57. Uh, let's see. I've got the pull bag going on, which is our comics discussion podcast. We've got off the cuff, which is our video game based podcast. Uh, let's see what's coming up. Um, we're going to be trying something in the early first three months of 2014, uh, that have something to do with, um, a golden Emmy and Oscar. So we'll see how that works. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Just head on over to geekcastradio.com. Check out all the other podcasts and interviews and all that cool stuff. Uh, like I said, last one, one of the other times I was on, we've talked to at least 20 or 30 people in five years that we've been online. Uh, voice actors like Gary Chuck, David Kay, uh, Tara Strong, um, writers such as Christy Marks, Kyle Higgins, Margaret Scott, uh, I've I pretty much have a close personal rela- email relationship with Stan Bush, so I've had him on numerous times. Oh, uh, cool. yeah, yeah, we all have the touch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we've got we've got tons of stuff coming up. Uh, if you like video games and cartoons, we have a show called Pixels in the Animation, where we are my co-host and I, TV's TV's Mister Neil and I, we are going through. Every single episode of nine different video game cartoons. We've already suffered through all 52 of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Well, and you guys gave kind of a nod to uh, Danny. Oh, my God. I'm drawing Thanks a blank. Dan. Thank you. Yeah. When he passed away, because I saw he just recently passed, which was a shame. But Oh, um, oh yeah. Uh, Danny Wells. I thought Thank you were talking you. about somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Danny Wells, sadly, he was the voice of Luigi in the live-action version of Luigi, and uh, that was kind of sad that he, he he's no longer with us. But yeah, like I said, head on over to geekcastradio.com. We have tons of content, tons of different stuff going on, lots of stuff coming up in 2014, which is our five-year anniversary. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead. We're going to jump right in here. Uh this week, we are going to be talking about one of our favorites. Uh, Mike, I know you said it was one of yours. Eva, I know that you love this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is coming straight out of 1989. Uh, it's a Christmas comedy with Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Doris Roberts, Randy Quaid, Johnny Galecki, Juliette Lewis. If, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're going to be talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. 
All righty. Uh, this particular one is the third in the series of the National Lampoon's Vacation film series, uh, written by John Hughes, based on his short story in the National Lampoon magazine, Christmas 59. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically, I would say that this is probably a modern classic for the films. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to start out and say that this was not one of my favorites when I first saw it. It's... Mm-hmm. I always hold heart to Vacation, the original Vacation first. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was my favorite. It was probably just because it was the first one. It was kind of the best, and I just never expected anything better than that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've always seen a lot of sequels. The only sequel that I've seen that was really kind of better than the first one was Terminator 2, but we'll Mm. get to that one later, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, uh, I see. I think I, you know, I, I can kind of see what you're talking about because, well, for me, the thing that bugged me was the lack of the continuity with the kids. That that really bugged, and I understand why they did that. You know, contractual obligations. You know, for the other actors. You know, but it just it bugged that they kept changing the kids, and then like, okay, who was the oldest? Who was the youngest? And you know how they looked, and you know we talked about that off air. That it just it would have helped if they would have kept maybe a similar look to the kids. Um, kept to the same, you know, the same general, you know, age progression, maybe. I, I don't know. That did kind of bother me. Um, but I'm with you. I think that the original Vacation, obviously, you know, was the best one, in my opinion, as well. Um, but for what it was, it was pretty darn funny. Yeah. Uh, what were your opinions, Mike? Uh, I see the thing is. I was too young for vacation, and to this day, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. Just like I've only seen really? bits and pieces of the first Caddyshack, I prefer oh, yeah. Caddyshack too. <laughs> yeah. uh, Christmas Vacation is one of the quintessential live-action uh, Christmas movies, and it's one of those movies where anyone can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I, 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 I forget where it is. Um uh, somebody said on geekcastradio.com that they think that Christmas Vacation is outdated. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I saw that. I was like, wait a second. How? How is how does Christmas Vacation date itself? How, okay, outside of some of the 80s references and some of the, yeah. you know, stores and locations, how does the story in that movie date itself? And the only thing that the person came back with was, well... Chevy Chase is your standard comedian, has a standard shtick, and I don't find him funny. And I said, that's not telling me why you think the plot of the film is dated. Yeah. yeah that's a um, vaca- Christmas Vacation to me, it, it is, I don't know, because I've, I, I see what Eve is saying with the continuity of the kids, because it is kind of wonky. But if you're just yeah. looking at, and I know this is going to sound bad, but if you're just looking at Christmas Vacation and Vegas Vacation, uh-huh. you can, Audrey's maybe a, skipping a jump in, in logic, but Rusty, I could see a young Leonard Hofstadter turning into an older Ethan Embry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I like it. Um, but no, th- this this movie is one of the most quotable movies it has to be of ever. <laughs> I and agree. I agree. Yes. There's a lot of stuff in this one. I, I, I actually have set aside, I'm going to include it at the very end, 
his rant that yes. he goes off on, <laughs> where yes, you're just swearing for like 30 you. seconds. <laughs> yes, I was going to ask you because I have trivia on that. And I was going to actually write it down, and, and I was hoping you were going to mention that because I have it written down word for word. It's so yes. freaking funny. <laughs> Well, I'll let you go for it when we get down to that point, Eva. So, okay. holy, holy shit, where's the timer? Yes. <laughs> now, my question about that part of the scene is now, in today's standards of filmmaking, there's always what we term product placement everywhere. Oh yes. Uh, I wonder how much Tylenol. I, I wonder how much the producers or the the studio had to pay to be able to or what what deal went down to be able to use Tylenol as the brand yeah. and this is another and I don't, I don't know I hope this isn't in Doug's trivia but this is another movie where I didn't notice it when I was a kid but I notice it now the first time I had ever seen a damn Walmart store yes. oh yes in this movie yes yes and you know what? Come to think of it, me too, because it came out. I'm 36. It came out when you know Doug and I were 12, and yeah, that was the first time I seen a Walmart too. How funny! So they've been around. I mean, I don't even know how long Walmart's been around. Maybe mid 80s. I I have no idea. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, I know that it, it was. We didn't actually start seeing it out here in California, Walmart's, until like the mid 90s. It seemed like. It didn't, yeah, it didn't, it was kind of interesting looking back as an adult and going, oh, there's a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Founded 1962, Rogers, Arkansas, United States. Holy crap, it's been around wow. since 1962. Oh, wow. Jesus. No kidding. Wow. And, you know, I was just thinking about the Tylenol comment. Didn't he say, where's the Tylenol in the first vacation? He didn't might he have. have. In the car when they're ha- almost to Wally World and, you know, and, and is on the roof and it's raining and they're stopped and they're talking about going home. I could have sworn he had a rant and then he mentioned something about needing Tylenol. Well, or I no, know he went off about has- like it's a quest. You know, it, it's no yeah, longer it's a, a, a vacation. And then, yeah. And I, and I think it was Rusty actually who said, Dad, you OK? You, you want a Tylenol or something? I, it might have been Rusty that had suggested that, Tylenol on that. You know, I think you're right on that. It's Yeah. I know we covered it. I'd have to go back and listen and look mm-hmm. at it again, but you may very well be right. Yeah, so I don't know if maybe that was a throwback to the original vacation because I do notice that there are little throwbacks, you know, in between these movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if, you know, you have to really kind of catch a lot of them, but I do believe he did say, Dad, you want a Tylenol or something? And so maybe, yeah, that might have just been a little throwback there. Well, let's go ahead here. We'll jump into the cast here and talk about them a little bit. Uh, we have actually quite a few people in this film uh, that are big yeah. names. You know, uh, as I mentioned before at the beginning, we have Chevy Chase who plays as uh, Clark W. Griswold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chevy Chase actually, as Mike mentioned earlier, that he watched. Uh, he's only seen bits and pieces of Caddyshack. Uh, Chevy Chase was actually in Caddyshack, uh, mm-hmm. where he played. Uh, there he. Uh, yeah, he's had uh, roles in Fletch. Uh, I remember seeing him, and it was a stupid little thing because I remember seeing Vacation, and then I remember seeing Sesame Street's Follow That Bird when I was a kid. And uh-huh. he's got this little cameo in there as as a television announcer. Uh, he's been in Spies Like Us, Funny mm-hmm. Farm, Saturday Night Live, Chuck. Uh, lately, he's been seen on Community. So, I mean, he's gotten around there. He's He's yeah. been pretty big. Pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for Beverly D'Angelo, who plays Ellen, 
his wife, uh, she, uh, I would say probably her biggest role that she had was when she played Patsy Cline in yes. Coal Miner's Daughter. Uh-huh. Uh, but she's also done stuff where she's been in uh, TV series Rude Awakening. Uh, she was Rebecca Balthus on Law & Order SVU. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played Sally in uh, Harold and Kumar 2. And mm-hmm. she's been Barbara Miller in HBO's Entourage. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, but the biggest shocker for me with her uh, uh, filmography, a little movie, a little baseball movie from 2001. She was the lusty house mother in Summer Catch with Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Biel. Oh, oh my really? God. She oh. is, because that that, that 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 is a movie you'll, you'll have to cover, Doug, and I, I'll, I'll be on that one, but she is... She's that legendary – think of Stifler's mom from American Pie. Yes. Oh, my God. Basically what she yes. is for Fez from that 70s show's character. She's the she's the horny housewife in that movie that helps ballplayers <laughs> improve their game. Oh, my oh God. Wow. I'm going to have to see this. I, I've actually never heard of the movie, but now that I you're telling have. me about it, i got to sit down and watch it. Yeah, and you know, I've seen pictures of her in magazines, and she's aged really, really well for her for how old she is. I was kind of shocked when we did the original vacation. I think Doug had said that she was already like close to forty at the filming of that. So I think she's like in her sixties, late sixties, I think now. And it's just like she, from what I've seen, she looks really, really good. I don't know if it's plastic surgery. I don't know if she's aged, you know, naturally, but she's a beautiful woman. Um, she's sixty-two. 62. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, I, I saw her and I was like, wow. She, you know, there's some actresses. We always kind of talk about how actresses and actors have how they've aged and a lot of them have not really unfortunately have not aged well. But from what I've seen, she's one that has and she's very beautiful. But yeah. that's good to see that she's still working too. That's And in in fairly recent stuff cuz I mean, I know yeah. Entourage has been going on. I think they just ended their last season here last year. So Oh, uh-huh. Uh, now one other person, the next person I'm going to bring up here in the cast, uh, mm-hmm. I think we've all kind of heard about him going off his rocker, uh, mm-hmm. Randy Quaid. Yes. Uh, he plays as cousin Eddie in this film and mm-hmm. in pretty much all the other vacation films. Yeah. Uh, I know that he's done quite a few things. He was in Independence Day where he kind of played, I, I basically want to say that he kind of played the same character he played in this. Where yeah. he was just kind of loopy and out of it. And he didn't mm-hmm. have a plate in his head. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which, this one here, he had the plate replaced. and It was a plastic plate because he kept, uh, every time the microwave kept firing up, he'd piss <laughs> his pants and forget who he was for half an hour. <laughs> I love uh, it. Now, he was also in Caddyshack 2 uh, as the lawyer, Peter Blunt. Uh, he also, he was Tim Dalen in Days of Thunder. Yep. Mm. Um, he, uh, I'm pretty sure we will rant about this later, but he reprised Cousin Eddie in something that should have never, ever been filmed. Oh, yes. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get into that. I I watched five minutes of it and was horrified. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, The most recent stuff he's done at least... In at least from what Wikipedia says, is 2009 he was in Balls Out, Gary the Tennis Coach. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. it's a Netflix thing, and you can find it. Uh, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure is almost better. 
Oh, oh, I'll just leave it at that. I don't know about I, that, but I yeah. Oh, uh, no. I know that he was in Brokeback Mountain, which everybody was raving about. Never saw the film. Yeah. You know, could have, yeah. could be one of those ones that I could care less about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not bad for what it was. I don't remember him being in that though. Huh? He was Joe, whoever Joe is, because I've never seen that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I. Oh God. I just have an issue with Ang Lee after he ruined Hulk, so... Yeah, you... <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Hulk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, next person down the list we have here, Juliette Lewis. Uh, she mm-hmm. plays as Audrey. Uh, I, I have to say, Juliette Lewis is one of these people who she can be really pretty, or she can kind of be like, oof, from what I've seen her in. Yeah. Uh, when she showed up as Becky in What's Eating Gilbert Grape, I was kind of like, hmm. Uh, she played as the uh, the girlfriend slash wife in of, um, oh my god, what's his name? Uh, he was Woody on on uh, Cheers. Oh, oh um, Woody Harrelson. Woody Thank Harrelson. You. My yeah. god, I can't yeah. believe I was drawing a blank on that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he she was uh, his wife slash girlfriend slash whatever it was in Natural Born Killers. Uh, she was Kate Fuller in From Dusk Till Dawn, which I actually kind of liked that vampire movie, even though it was low budget Robert Rodriguez type film. Yeah. I still the thought sequels it was pretty are good. just horrid. Oh yeah, the sequels yeah. are awful, but <laughs> the first one was decent. Uh, I know she played. She also played as Faith Justin in Strange Days with Ray Fiennes. Uh, Carla in The Other Sister, and she was on the TV series The Firm as Tammy. That was the last thing I saw. <laughs> that is a horrible recasting, not against her, but against the people that have that show. That, she should have never played Tammy. I'm yeah. sorry. Watching the original film, say what you want about the original Tom Cruise film, mm-hmm. Tam, oh, I really do hate sometimes when people try to make TV series out of films that happened oh. 20 years ago. You know, yes. sometimes oh. it can work. I'll, I'll give them this for Stargate because I like Stargate. No, yeah, no. Okay, you know, I'm but. saying like, like, th- did you know that there was supposed to be a Ferris Bueller TV series? Yes. I saw it. Charlie you know, Schlatter. I mean, stuff yes. like that. No, no, no. It's like, if you have a movie Stargate and then go create a TV series based off of that film, fine, but comedies and stuff no yeah just no yeah we talked about the ferris bueller i didn't know they had actually done a tv show about you know that i'm just like really you just can't capture lightning in a bottle that way it just doesn't work i don't yeah yeah. i mean when when they had usa that came out with parker lewis can't lose that was kind of what killed ferris bueller as far as i was concerned so yeah Uh, yeah the uh, some interesting facts here is she was Terry Rankin in the Facts of Life in 1988. The oh earliest, wow! The earliest I ever saw her in was 1988's My Stepmother Is an Alien. She was Lexi, Jesse's friend. Oh I my god! I vaguely remember that. Yes. <laughs> See the one. The oh one big god. thing I remember her for was when she was in uh, the Melissa Etheridge video for Come to My Window. <laughs> yes. And that yes. was like her little her little flash in the pan from what I thought at first. And then I'm like, oh, now she's starting to show up in other things from that. Uh-huh. So. I think she has a rock band, doesn't she? I want to uh, say she's I... in a rock band. Yeah, that I, I don't know. 
Music. Louis Longstaker is a solo singer and musician leading American rock band Juliet and the Licks until 2005. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she's on her own now. Yeah. I I was kind of surprised. I'm like, really? She has a rock band, huh? Alrighty then. Well, Good for her. Now the next guy, I I want to say that this was like one of his first appearances in film. I could be wrong on this, and I probably am because I don't have it in front of me. But um, Le- Dr. Leonard Hofstetter from The Big Bang Theory, a.k.a., yeah. you know, Johnny Galecki, who plays love as Rust- Rusty Griswold. Uh-huh, I love him. Yeah, It's good. interesting to see his – how he's grown up since yes. this because he looks nothing like this anymore. Oh, I know. <laughs> he's totally changed. Yeah. The first major thing that people would have recognized him from outside of this would have been as Billy Quinn in Prancer uh, earlier. Yeah. In the- oh, and I oh, just saw nice. that on TV. They That's they were running right. it on ABC Family. Yes, I'd forgotten about that. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I'll have to watch that. Yeah. It is neat to kind of go back and look at and go, oh, okay, th- I remember this person. They're, you know, they're really big now, and... You know, even like I watch Sons of Anarchy and I'm like, oh, my God, there's Peggy Bundy. You know, yep. <laughs> it's just, just kind of neat to kind of go back and go, oh, wow, look at the progression and how far, you know. Well, I mean, from- you know, he's come from this. He's been David. You know, he was Darlene's uh, boyfriend on yes. Roseanne. Roseanne, uh-huh. You know, everybody right. remembers him from that, I think. You know, and there's mm-hmm. there's always the jokes they made on Big Bang Theory about him and Darlene. So, uh-huh, that's right. Yep. Well, it's funny because at one point Darlene was on the show. She played yeah, um, Leslie um, Leslie Winkle. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yes. that was kind of neat to see that. I know my wife was cracking up when she saw that. She's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this is happening." I'm like, "Just wait. <laughs> there's going to be more stuff like this." Because she hadn't uh-huh. seen like the first two seasons where I had. Oh, yeah. so. that that show is just. Just amazing. I love it, that show. It oh, really is. You know, it's the best. No matter oh. how many things in D&D they got wrong in that episode, it's still amazing. Yes. <laughs> Some of the other stuff that he's done really surprises me. He was in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yep. That's he was right. Bounce of all things. Who the hell would want to be in that movie? That's right. uh, you need to make paychecks. Sometimes that's what works. <laughs> Yeah, if you're, if, yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. You... Most recently, the movie that he was in that really shocked me was 2011's In Time. He was Justin. Uh, t- uh, thank God I didn't say the other word. Justin Timberlake's uh, <laughs> friend Borel. Uh, that that was interesting, just because by 2011, Big Bang had already on been on for a while, and it was yeah. interesting to yeah. see him outside of the Leonard character and some other character. And that that is a pretty. It's a decent movie. See, I was I, uh, in, in time. time. In time, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I was having a hard time with seeing that film just because it was it was basically a remake of Logan's Run, <laughs> and I I kind of liked Logan's Run. To see this, it was kind of like, oh, I really don't know if I want to see more remakes done. So, uh, well, let's move on here, so I don't so we don't keep going way off track. Uh, let's go down the next person I have here. Uh, Again, we're just pulling out a lot of a lot of big names here. Diane Ladd, yeah. uh, who played as Nora Griswold, yeah. uh, she's actually had quite a few roles. Uh, she played opposite Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. 
Uh, she had a role on John Travolta's Primary Colors, and she was also in the short-lived Kingdom Hospital that uh, ABC had run a couple years back. Okay. And I kind of liked that show. Unfortunately, nobody else seemed to watch it. Uh. And it, it, in some ways, it's definitely, you can definitely tell that it's a Stephen King writing. It's a lot like uh, Under the Dome that, that's been run on CBS. I can see a lot of similarities between the two. Just you're kind of confused and going, what the fuck's going on? Mm. Kind of the same thing with Kingdom Hospital. So, yeah. Uh, next person down the list, we have Doris Roberts. Uh, that is shocking. Yes. Is. Going, ba- going oh. back and showing this film to someone who ha- has never seen it and but has seen Everybody Loves Raymond, that's yeah. shocking to see that she was a redhead. Yes. Exactly. Yes. You know, that was kind of neat to look back at, and you know, watch that too and go, oh my gosh. Again, the, you know, the progression. And this was, well, 1989. What was that? 20. How long ago was that? Mm. 25 years almost? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Almost 25 it's, years. It's, it's, it's so neat to look back and. I don't know. Yeah. I remember her when I was growing up, and, and my dad was a really big fan of Pierce Brosnan on uh, Remington Steel. And oh. she was Mildred Krebs on there. She had quite a few instances where she showed up on the show as a regular so mm-hmm. seeing that was kind of neat you know recognizing her from that as well uh, yeah i have to say i mean she's she's a great actress and she's done she she's done quite a few voices uh i didn't realize this until i was looking looking up her uh her list she's done uh several episodes of phineas and ferb and i, I want to say she was in uh across she's, the second dimension she's heinz's upstairs neighbor <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I know Stephen I've heard Schwartz's her. Stephen upstairs neighbor. Yes. Yes. I want to say she's done, oh, God, was it, it's, I don't know if it's Family Guy or it's Probably. some other, maybe The Simpsons. I know there's another cartoon that I've, I've heard that she's been doing fairly regularly as well. And I cannot, I can't remember if it's The Simpsons, Family Guy. It's pretty popular i could be wrong we need to get steven but... c phillips on this <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's move on down the list here i've got just a few other people that i wanted to bring up uh mm-hmm. we have uh nicholas guest who is todd chester uh he was the next door neighbor uh mm-hmm. he's actually he's a i would i would say he's a veteran voice actor for what he's done uh he's uh-huh. not you know, he's no Rob Paulson, Maurice LaMarche, you know, Mel Blanc, anything like that. But he's had a few uh, he's had a few roles. Uh, he played as Xander Barklow on Roughneck Starship Troopers Chronicles, which was, mm-hmm. oh, God, that was a horrible, horrible uh, oh, no. computer animated series. <laughs> oh, uh, no. The stories yeah. were good, but the animation and everything else was just really, really bad. Oh. Uh, he's played as Jack Walker on Batman Beyond. Uh uh-huh. Taylor on Power Rangers Time Force. Uh, He's played, since you watched Sons of Anarchy, Eva, he's played John Uh Teller. Uh, He's played Jax's dad. That was uh, the voice that you hear. And Uh he's also been Martian Manhunter on Batman the Brave and the Bold. I'll be darned. So he's kind of made a name for himself, even though he's really not been in front of the camera. (laughs) Yeah, there's a famous... Um, actor, his name is Christopher Guest. I think it's also like a director, and I'm wondering if he's related to Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest, I could be wrong, but I believe is married to Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I could be wrong. Might I be. Could I be know wrong. Christopher Guest was in uh, like Best in Show and yes. uh, Mighty Wind. 
uh, uh-huh. this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, he's been an actor and I believe a producer or a director. He's been behind the camera as well. But I do believe he is married to Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm just kind of curious because the last name is not that common. I'm curious if there are any relation. I'd have to look. I honestly don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, two last people that I do want to bring up here. We have Elaine Boozler, who shows up, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Julia Lewis-Dreyfus. Uh, yep. She plays as Margot Chester. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm sorry, not Elaine Boozler. Elaine Boozler. Thank you. I'm like <laughs> Julia Louis Dreyfus from Science. Yes, yes. I'm like, yep. wait, Elaine. I, you know, I just remember Elaine. So it's been a while. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she shows up in this film, and she plays that next door neighbor yuppie who's just kind of a. I don't know. I thought oh. she was kind of a bitch in this film. Oh, <laughs> she totally. is. Oh, she's, she's Todd's. Uh, she's Todd's girlfriend. Oh, uppity bitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she played it so well, too. It was awesome. And then, of of course... uh, Oh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. One of the best castings that would, I believe... Yeah, because that happened afterwards. Yeah. Brian Doyle Murray is Frank Shirley. Yes. The sphincter is in this movie. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, and this is not the first vacation film that he's been in. No. Because he, he was yeah. in the original vacation, there was a scene uh, where they go to uh, where they go to like a camp and they're getting a tent or cabins. Yes, and he is the uh, he's like the manager, the hotel manager there uh, for the campgrounds. And he looks nothing like you see him in Christmas Vacation. It's like hard to believe it's the same man. It's I know like, it's crazy and you know knowing that he's bill murray's brother i look at him now and i can see the resemblance but i never would have pegged him as such if yeah. i didn't you know if i didn't know the history you know his name and the history and everything but i just like oh my god and it's i've seen him in wasn't he in ghostbusters too with his uh, bro- yep. yeah. ghostbusters too he was a yeah. uh, psychiatrist there yes uh, and of course as mike mentioned he was uh noah from wayne's world uh-huh that was great so, I don't know. I I know that there are a lot of other characters in this. I was just kind of like, I didn't want to put a whole lot of a whole lot of other people in, uh, yeah, just because there's so many people that are in this one. Uh, let's go ahead. We'll bounce into the plot a little bit for anybody who hasn't seen the film. If you haven't, you know, hey, it's been running on ABC Family for the past couple weeks. Uh, <laughs> sorry if you haven't seen it. Go watch if you're it. A diehard too. fan, you can just have it on DVD. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I, that that's how I've got it. Uh, but uh, this film here basically starts off. We've got uh, Clark and his family. That we start off and we see them. They're going out on a trek to go get their Christmas tree, and they have an encounter with these assholes that are driving back and forth, stopping, slamming on the brakes. They swerve around. They end up underneath oh. a truck, a semi truck. I uh, love it. Yeah, and then of course they go through, and they have to have. I, I swear. They had to have, like, the car jump scene that they seem to have in almost all of them. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, that's a t- definite trademark. I loved it. And I was just thinking to myself, my God, how in the hell do you get stuck under a truck? I just, <laughs> yeah. I was just, like, watching that scene in awe. I'm like, how did they? <laughs> well, and I released the, when they released the 20th anniversary set, the, they had released some new DVD version of it. There's actually uh-huh. a commentary with Beverly D'Angelo, the director, 
and Johnny Galecki, and they were talking about that scene, and they said oh. they did it very, very carefully. <laughs> I bet. Oh, God. I just, I watched that. I mean, as a kid growing up and seeing it, you don't really appreciate a lot of what goes into, you know, movie making and whatnot and stunts and whatever. But I'm looking at that now, I'm going, holy moly, how did they do that? And it yeah. was so seamless. It was so... It just yeah, it was crazy how well executed that was. I it was like, and then I, my next thought was, "Holy crap! Only Clark could do something like this. This is yes. so brilliant, you know, <laughs> such a moron, you know." But it was cute. It was a good lead in to the whole, you know, just the disaster one after the other. You know? Oh yeah, and of course, <laughs> I I love how they go out. They they crash through. They they end up in the Christmas tree lot or wherever they're going to yeah. stop. They do that huge hike. They find the Christmas tree, and you see like all oh. the light shining down perfectly on it. Like, oh, <laughs> Clark! She'll look at it later. Her eyes are frozen. Yes, <laughs> she's frozen from the waist down. Waist down, and I just couldn't believe the tree was so freaking huge. I'm like, are you an idiot? How in the heck? You know, yeah, he's lovable, but. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of those overachievers. He's basically yes. Bart Simpson's nemesis. He's an overachiever. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, and that that is definitely shown like shortly after they get back with the tree and Clark goes out and he starts putting up the Christmas lights. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that... Those little lights aren't twinkling. I know yeah. they are. <laughs> Thanks for noticing us. That was that was perhaps one of my mother's favorite scenes because she still remembers that and she still talks about that because we have out here in Santee where I live, there's a house and we have this freeway that kind of comes down across the valley. You can look out as you're coming down the freeway and you see this one bright house the guy like other people have got their houses decorated with christmas lights you can see this thing from the top of the hill as you're coming in and it's just like this beacon (laughs) oh god and i hate to think of what the guy's electric bill is at the end of the christmas season i'm sure it's uh (laughs) yeah but we we joke about that we see this house we're like oh my god it's the christmas vacation house (laughs) yes oh and i bet you that's probably what they were going for too you gotta i mean just you know it's after seeing that movie, and it is so iconic, and everyone knows of it, and it, 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 yeah, so there's only one thing in my mind. If I were going to decorate the house like that, it would be a definite nod to that movie. You know, oh, it's of like, course. Okay. <laughs> of course. I, you know, I love how we see the nuclear power plant, and you know, I was looking oh. around going, where's Homer just getting ready to kick everything on? <laughs> Well, you see, once uh, once they figure out throughout the whole mess of the plugs, and 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 Ellen figures it out, you yeah. see when it's plugged in, you see the meter spinning. You just yes, love it. Spinning. I love it. It's great. Oh, so nice. Oh, let's see. Uh, you know, and of course, right after that, when they're all standing out there admiring the house. Yeah. The I, I you never see him pull up, but all of a sudden Eddie is standing there with the rest of yeah. his family. You yeah, don't even like, hear the, the vehicle, which is, I you know I really don't have a lot of negative things to say about this movie, but that is one thing I will say. Just if you're analyzing the film, yes, it that bugs. vehicle you would have heard them pull up. 
Yeah. I would have expected some sort of backfire or something from it. Something, yeah, to announce their arrival. Absolutely. That's definitely, I don't want to say it's a plot hole, but it does kind of bug. I tend to nitpick movies and, and ask questions. Hey, what's going on here? What's up with this? You know, even things that, you know, really shouldn't be all that, you know, put that much thought into. I still put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. <laughs> and I agree. That was one thing that was just like, really? <laughs> um, okay. Now, one thing I did like, the whole basis for this here that we see uh, from the start of it is that we find out that Chevy Chase's character, you know, Clark wants to put in a swimming pool for everybody. Yeah. And we kind of see him progressing through. We see him going to the mall to go get lingerie for uh, Ellen. And I know we mentioned this, Mike mentioned this uh, last time we talked, uh Miss Scorsese. I, I don't remember her first name, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mary, the, Mary. the lingerie model, is, yes. is is a Scorsese. I don't know if she's actually oh. di- directly linked to the uh, Scorsese's themselves, but uh-huh. uh, yeah. She might the, be, because some of the Scorsese's are pretty hot looking. Yeah, I wondered who that was when I watched it again, because I was contemplating actors and actresses to try to stump our friend Doug on the Kevin Bacon game. And and I thought about her, but then I thought, hmm, I don't know enough about her to know if she would be a good choice to pick. So I'm not going to pick her now. She's a Scorsese. I'm not picking her. <laughs> well, since I forgot, we'll go through and we'll do that real quick. So Eva, I'll let you pick here. Oh, okay, we're doing the Kevin Bacon game, huh? Yes. Okay, well, I was going to pick Mary. I'm not going to pick Mary anymore. I'm going to pick the little boy, Eddie's son, Rocky. Okay. Uh, Well, what movies has he been in besides Christmas Vacation? I don't know. See, (laughs) I gave you the stipulation because, see, what happened last time we did this, there was a stipulation that was put on me that I can't use, I can't link anybody from the Christmas Vacation movie itself. I know. So I told you the stipulation was that if you're going to pull out a character like that, you got to give me something other than Christmas Vacation to use. I know, know, but I didn't have time. (laughs) Okay, so then in that case, I'm going to go straight through Christmas Vacation. I'm going to link him to, I'm going to link him to, uh, we'll go to Chevy Chase. Of course. Okay. Chevy Chase was in Christmas Vacation with him. Chevy Chase was also with Steve Martin and Martin Short in The Three Amigos. Uh Uh-huh. Steve Martin was with uh, uh, he was with Kevin Bacon in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's correct. That's correct. Now let's let's ask Mike here if he's familiar with the game because I'm not familiar enough. I'm with familiar him. with the game. I just choose to ignore the game because there are yeah. a lot of movies that Kevin Bacon does that I just don't care for. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Though. I'm curious about the rules, if it actually is where you can start from the same movie or if you have to make the leap to a whole other movie. Uh, I, don't about, I, about the rules. I couldn't tell you. Uh-huh. I honestly I think, could not tell you. I think I'm being bamboozled every week when Doug says <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at this. What can I say? You are. You are. And I give credit where credit is due. So <laughs> I'm going to stump you. I, I, I am. One of these days you're gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna try, but I'm gonna see now. This is gonna this is gonna give me an extra homework assignment because now if you're if we're gonna do the new stipulation, I have to be prepared. Yep. So, so let's okay. go ahead. We'll steer back on here because we talked about. I know I was kind of talking about Miss Scorsese, Mary, the lingerie model. Yeah. Uh, the reason I was bringing her up was because 
we have everything Clark is dealing with with trying to get the bonus towards buying the swimming pool or getting the swimming pool put in. And we have that short scene where we see everybody kind of around the pool outside. You know, uh-huh. we see Cousin Eddie holding a drink and standing there with his <laughs> – with his, uh, you know, wife beater tucked into his speedos, which was oh. a vision I really didn't need to see. <laughs> I don't think it was a vision anyone needs to see. Oh, yes, hilarious. Oh. But I will say that the saving grace is seeing Mary in that red swimsuit afterwards. Oh, absolutely. That kind of helped clear. You know, that was the bleach running through my brain to clean Cousin Eddie out. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, you know, and I watched that scene and. The only things I could think of while I'm watching it was, oh, my God, this is Fast Times at Ridgemont High all over yes, again. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yep. she dives off. We see the red bathing suit coming off, you know, just like Phoebe yep. Cates had. Oh, yeah. But we don't see any nudity, which I thought was kind of odd, mainly because in the previous two vacation movies, we do see nudity. Yeah. We see Beverly D'Angelo actually taking the shower. It's only a quick yeah. flash, but you see that. And then in, in European Vacation, we see Rusty. Uh, he's, you know, there, there's a couple scenes where they're in the bar in France. Uh, and then Rusty has the German girl that he, uh, that takes her top off for him. I've, yeah, I'm not too familiar. I think I've only seen that one once because it kind of stunk. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't made, so, hey, I'm yeah. a guy. I remember boobs. I'm sorry. Oh, of course. Of <laughs> course. I'm just wondering if it has to do with the actress. Maybe the actress herself just said, I have a you know no nudity clause in my contract. I'm not going to do it. You know? Could be. Uh, yeah. Could be. But I, I know that there was a lot of buildup for that. We find out from, from that scene we see um, we see little Ellen who comes – or uh, I, I want to say her name is little Ellen or – Ellen Ruby Sue, Sue or whatever. Ruby Sue, excuse oh, me. Ruby Sue, uh-huh. Her, I think her real name is Ellen. Anyway, uh, we see her coming out and she kind of tells Clark, you know, the, you know, we're getting crap. You know, Santa didn't bring us crap last year and we're getting the short end of the yeah. stick, you know, and, yeah. you know, we're kind of shitting bricks about this whole thing. Oh, you shouldn't <laughs> use that language. Sorry, shitting rocks. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. You know, I I love that, and we find out about Eddie uh, basically being bankrupt. Which, yeah. gee, is that really a surprise? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but you know, we do see all this. Uh, Clark ends up; he's waiting on that bonus to come through, and we see a guy who the guy kind of reminded me of David Carradine from. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds, when we see him show up at the door with the bonus. Oh, uh uh-huh. And I I took one look. I'm like, oh, my God, is that David Carradine? And I had to go look. No, it's not. (laughs) Oh, I'll be darned. Yeah. Uh, But sure as hell looked like him from Revenge of the Nerds. Uh Uh-huh. But he brings the the bonus. Clark opens it up, and he's making this announcement about the pool and how he's going to be – if he gets enough on the bonus, he's going to fly everybody out. Everybody's all jumping for joy, and he opens it up. And sees it's the Jelly of the Month Club subscription. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he kind of goes off and, like, he kind of just snaps. And we see, you know, we see him kind of go off on that whole tirade. And he has this rant. And like I mentioned before, I'll play the rant here at the end of all this. Because it's mm-hmm. just, it's so classic. <laughs> and, of course, Eddie gets it into his head after hearing him go off on this rant that he wants to have his boss there. Eddie yes. goes off oh. and kidnaps the boss. <laughs> I love it. You know, 
they just go through all of that. They end up showing up. We see him showing up with the boss, and the boss is kind of like, I'm really sorry. I really shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have screwed you guys out of a bonus. Mm -hmm. And we have the SWAT team that comes in, storms the house, breaks in through the windows. And I love this because when they go through and they do the whole freeze thing, yeah, we see everybody standing around. They're all freezing, and you see – you see Ellen kind of kind of grab Clark and she's holding yes. Clark. We don't see anything from the waist down yet until it pans back and his wife comes in. Yes. Yes. And then we see her and she's grabbing onto Clark's nuts. I noticed that. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Well, what got me is that, you know, they're doing the whole freeze thing. The wife comes in and, you know, she introduces herself. She takes her hand off of his crotch, you know, shakes the hand and then puts it right back onto his crotch. And I was just like, did I okay. just... Oh, God. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And, you know, I have to interject with the whole SWAT team thing. Even as a kid, I was like, really? What the fuck? I mean, the SWAT team really for Mr. Shirley, that, you know, that was the, uh, for, even for this movie, I thought, okay, this is just a little much. But then I, I thought about it, like when I just watched it the other day, and I'm like, wait a second. The SWAT team came in in the original vacation at the end when they're at Wally World. So I don't know if that, was, again, was another throwback to that, the original vacation. That very well could be. Yeah, could I don't have, know. It could have been, but the thing with the SWAT team is, Mrs. Sh the, the Shirleys are, I mean, this is a guy that owns a multinational corporation. Think of... Think of, and I hate to say this, but think of Frank Shirley as the Bill Gates of the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And you would yeah. think that as snobbish as Mrs. Shirley is and how she acts, my husband, my husband, the brute of a man, beastly, <laughs> took my husband. Yeah. The police aren't going to go against a, a, a wife like that. They're going to put everything into it. So it could have been a little bit of both. It could have been... Uh, you know, bringing the thing back from vacation, or it could have been because of who she is. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I did, that's actually a very good you know way to compare it. Like, yeah, he is the Bill Gates of that particular you know corporation or whatever. But I was just like, really, all that, all those cops, all that. I mean, wow! And they just storm in the house. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> not even the best scene. The best scene oh, is. No. When the best scene in the SWAT opening is when um, they knock on the neighbor's door and she's like, yes. oh, yes. If you, if you want to come in here, Todd, you're going to have to break down the goddamn door. I Blam. Love I love it. Oh, it was such great payback because they were such assholes and it was just so nice to get, see them get theirs even though it was indirectly Clark's fault that's what I loved oh, about yeah. it too it's like all the you know he's not only causing a you know a catastrophe in his own home but it's even spreading over into the neighbors too it's just like oh man well and like we see like there there's a scene where Todd comes out of the house right in the morning and Clark is looking through his window at the asshole who's emptying emptying his uh, <laughs> RV into the sewer that would be Cousin Eddie. Yes, you know. <laughs> and, he, and he looks at it and he goes, shitter's full. <laughs> I, I just, I love that. You know, he's got the he's got the can of can of beer in his hand and the cigar in the other hand. And he's oh, holding God. on to the hose. He's just like, oh, God. Oh, God, the short robe with the, like, Chuck Taylors I think he was wearing. And, oh, yes. God. The trapper hat. Oh, God. Oh. Well, <laughs> it, it gets better because... There was a somebody had posted up on Facebook, and I, I've got to find it. I, I've got to save this picture because we all know about the elf on the shelf, right? Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. it's that stupid little elf that everybody 
puts up, and they have the elf kind of moving around throughout the house. Well, some people have been taking the elf and making these, like, horrible scenes of, of how bad the elf is, like toilet papering the tree or doing something naughty that the elf shouldn't be doing. Uh-huh. Some guy took the elf, dressed it up in Cousin Eddie's bathrobe and hat, and has, yes, they've got the RV there, and he's got the hose coming out of the oh. RV going into the sewer. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just classic. Oh. I saw it. I'm like, oh, my God. I have that, to post this. I have to save you this picture. think of how oh. far we've progressed in vehicles since this time because oh, totally. he says that it's a chemical toilet. Yes. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not an RV expert, but do RVs nowadays still have chemical toilets? I don't. I, that I don't know. <laughs> I don't oh, know, wow. but yeah, he he essentially caused the Santa Claus accident at the end of the yes. film. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. Uncle Lewis throws his match in the back and blows everything all to hell. Oh, that's so great. Oh, oh. And of There's course, so many laughable m- moments in this movie, laughable quotes, and just yeah. the situation is just so unbelievably far fetched that it's just it's ridiculous, but it's so funny. Oh, well, to kind of move into some of the trivia about this movie, there there's a couple things which I want to bring up. Some of it kind of bugs me. It, yeah. It's not really a big deal, but it kind of bugs me. And I, I know I talked to you about this off air, Eva. Uh huh. One of the things about Christmas Vacation is that. We never actually see them going all the way through to Christmas. No, yeah. This all, all the explosion and everything that we see, Clark getting the bonus and everything, all that's supposed to take place on Christmas Eve. And when they mm-hmm. end the movie, that's it. It's on Christmas Eve. We never actually see Christmas. So I was kind of bummed yeah. about that. Yeah. I would almost yeah. argue that point, though, because if you look at the Christmas Eve day that they had. Mm-hmm. And by the time the SWAT th- – think of a police situation. Think of that. Yeah. At, think of the time when Clark goes on his rant. Think of that as like 9, 10 p.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the fast done. forward yeah. through all the police stuff. Think of what has to – and I know I'm overanalyzing this here, folks. But think of it in police terms of, oh, my God, these people have this guy captive. It's a hostage situation. We have to sit here for seven hours. And Mm -hmm. Santa had just gone by their house. So let's say it's midnight everywhere in the world and Santa Mm -hmm. just happened to stop by the Griswolds at that. So it technically could be considered Christmas Day by the time the movie ends. Okay, I'll I'll give you that. (laughs) That's a very good point, actually. I was just thinking that as you were talking. I'm like, you know, it could very well be one, two, three o'clock in the morning at this point. Um but yeah, that that's something until Doug brought it up, I didn't even and I've seen this movie hundreds of times since I was a kid and I did not catch that. It you know, it was just kinda weird that it just ended like that. But I mean at that point that was the that was the end all be all that what else could happen after that, you know? Yeah. But I it was interesting that he's like, I did it, I did it. You know, at the very end. I succeeded. It's like, well, yeah. I succeeded, I did it, but yet it wasn't Christmas Day yet. So it's like, hmm. Well, kind of leaves you wondering, okay, what was their actual Christmas Day like? Maybe that was the point. Yeah. Now, (laughs) there's another thing about this film is that this is the only movie of the Vacation series that got its own sequel, which I'll be honest, let's just don't even bother. Don't even bother. Was that the Cousin Eddie one that you were talking about? Cousin Eddie's 
oh. Island Adventure or oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, that movie, I have never seen all of it. It, I don't even remember when it, I don't even remember the year it premiered, but I think it was an ABC Family original. Uh, ABC oh. Family is known to have some pretty decent films. Yeah. But I just, out of all the characters in the entire original movie, you pick Cousin Eddie to come back and make it about his own. Don't get me wrong. Cousin Eddie has got a pretty strange and out there family, and it might have gotten them some ratings, but that was yeah. that's just insulting to the Griswolds, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. So they made, they made the focal point Eddie and his family. Yes. Yeah, oh, they okay. did have Audrey from the original Vacation. They had Diane Barron who huh? showed up. Uh, uh-huh. She reprised her role as Audrey, and Eric Idle also showed up reprising his role from European Vacation. But uh-huh. you know, it, it was one of those things I saw about five minutes, and I'm like, "This," you know, I'm, I'm sitting here oh. thinking because they start off by showing Randy Quaid sitting there with an ape, and the ape is smarter than he is, and they're doing tests on him. And I'm oh like, god. oh my god! I, I'm watching this and I'm going, please let this get better. Please let this get better. And then he goes to take a shower and breaks the handles off on the shower. And I'm like, nope, stop, no. turn it off. Oh, that's funny. It kind of reminds me of this is totally like off track, but back you know when Saved by the Bell was big in the '80s, and then they had the Saved by the Bell spinoff movie where they go to Hawaii or some shit, and it oh, was yeah. so like it was like a TV catastrophe basically and i was like i was so into saved by the bell and then i'm watching this and i'm like this is crap <laughs> within five minutes it's just like oh so cheese I can't, yeah i can't do this it kind of sounds like that where it's just like no there, <laughs> yeah. there's no reason to waste two hours on this yeah uh now a couple of other things that i did pick up here this house the the griswold's neighbor's house uh-huh. uh if you remember the lethal weapon series uh-huh. that yeah. was where murtog lived Oh, wow, you're right. Before the toilet explosion in the second film, you're right. Yep, yep. Yes. Wow. So it's the same house. And I, I, I kind of saw it. Apparently the houses on the street are the, are on the same uh, Warner's, Warner Brothers studio back lot. So oh, okay. it was a bit of trivia that I picked up here, and I thought, that's kind of cool. That is cool, yeah. <laughs> uh, one other thing about this film that we don't have that appears in all of the others. Mm-hmm. We don't hear Lindsey Buckingham's song Holiday Road. No, we don't. And the other ones there were he did sing it, didn't he? And yeah, all of the had, other ones, right? Yeah. All the others. Vacation, right. you know, European vacation, Vegas mm-hmm. vacation, we hear the song, but not in this one. Yeah. We do hear uh we do hear the Christmas vacation song being sung by Mavis Staples. Uh, which the best animated intro ever. Oh, for- I yes. love it. I was going to say that. I love the song and the cartoon at the beginning. I actually made a note of that. It was really cute. You know, he hits the, he hits the uh, gas jet and burns his butt. We see, <laughs> you know, he's trying to get out and he does this whole little call and you see reindeer, you know, Rudolph's nose blinking as they come in. It's just great. <laughs> it was great. Santa was just having way too many problems delivering presents to the Griswolds. It was just really cute, you know? Yeah. Enter, but you're right. I because I again I'd only seen the European one once, um, and I did see Vegas Vacation. I believe I saw that one once too, and that one was kind of forgettable too. Um, but, so they even did that song for the Vegas Vacation too. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned. A okay. uh, couple of other things here we see uh, when Chevy Chase is wearing a Chicago Bears hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 
same ball cap he was also wearing in uh, all through for all, throughout all four vacation movies. I so, thought so same one. Uh-huh. Uh, when we see him when he's reading the magazine after they've gotten the tree and it's all his hands are all sticky from the sap. Uh huh. The film's producer, Maddie Simmons, is on the cover of the People magazine that he's re- that he's reading, and getting all sticky over it. Oh, really? Um, That's cool. So, uh, let me see. What else do I have here? Uh, oh, I, I don't know if you remember. Uh, there was a movie called Overboard with Goldie Hawn and yes, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Uh huh. Okay. The truck that Kurt Russell drove in that—that that was his work truck. Uh huh. Was the same truck that was trying to stop uh, Clark at the very beginning of the film. Oh, Same wow. Dodge truck. Yes. Holy crap. That's and then cool. the last thing I want to bring up here, uh, John Hughes, he obviously wrote a short story, Christmas uh, Christmas 59, which is kind of supposed to be mm-hmm. about, um, you know, his Christmas. <laughs> there is a scene in the film where you see Clark and he's reaching through and he's pulling out uh, home movies. Yes. Uh-huh. One of them says Xmas 59 on it. Yes, it does. I was just going to say, I wonder if that was his actual home movie. It was It was an homage to uh, his short story. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wondered about that because as soon as you said that, it was based on his short story. I'm like, I remember that scene. And it was, yeah, very cool. So that's pretty much all I have. Eva, I know you said you had a couple quotes that you wanted to go over and you wanted to oh. talk about the rant. So. <laughs> rant oh my goodness um i yeah i don't have a lot of trivia really um just some of the quotes i, I and i ha- and just notable things i have to bring up eddie and his dicky i i love eddie and the dicky i think it's hilarious um and i also really admire those little moose eggnog glasses I oh, want to get glasses. Yep. Yes, the little no. reindeer mugs. I, I I have to get some. Okay, I have a mention <laughs> about that because the guy, as we covered in Christmas Story, the guy who makes the Red Rider leg lamps, the Red Rider mm-hmm. leg lamp company, uh-huh. uh, he bought the home where Christmas Story was filmed, and he's turned it into a whole museum. Oh, he right. sells all those Christmas glasses out of the uh out of the museum there so he's got a tie with christmas vacation for that as well and he's selling the little moose glasses so you can buy a full set of them oh really they're expensive as hell but you can buy them oh i wonder if i can find them looking at them on amazon prime 37.95 for a set of two yeah holy moly okay yeah single mug is 20 bucks yeah i mean they're they're cute I don't know that I'd want to spend that much on a, on a glass, though. No. Yeah, and see, I could have sworn that they had said in the commentary of the film that they were made just for the film. But again, really? in, in an age of having to profit off everything, I'm uh-huh. – yeah. Of course. I, yeah, I guess – I mean I have you know, my husband and three kids. That's five mugs and I, I was – maybe I could find them cheaper on eBay. Who knows? But that was like – that's something I would love to have. I have the Christmas story leg lamp. I have to have the little <laughs> <laughs> little mugs. I have to have it. I have the smaller uh, lamp. I don't have the full size. We're going to graduate to the full size probably next Christmas. But there I will you go. display it proudly. But I, I have to make a mention, a little nod to those mugs because I love them. Um, and gosh, I'm trying to think, um, uh, I have my notes here. Um, 
Okay. Oh, um, I do have some trivia. The scene, my favorite scene where he goes off on that rant. Um, obviously, he did not memorize that entire rant <laughs> just because of how intricate it was. So they actually shot around all the actors. They, they kind of do different. They pan in different ways. Mm-hmm. And they actually had the actors holding up cards. In, oh, in really? Room. So, yeah. And so they and they when they did the editing, you can't see it. But they actually had each one of the actors holding up a different phrase. And he was just reading them off. And oh, I thought that my was God. Yeah, I was like, you know, you have to because that is a good minute long rant there at least. Um, and I don't know if you mind if I mention it because I love it. <laughs> I actually took the time to write it down. Go for um, it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking about, you know, if you're looking for any last-minute gifts for me, I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? I love that. (laughs) The funniest thing about the rant, the funniest thing about the rant in its pure entirety in the movie, it's great. But the strangest thing with it now is networks don't – networks used to be creative – when yeah. getting rid of expletive deleteds, like that's how Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon, that's where that yes. came from. Die Hard yes. is, is one of the TV edits. Uh. And in Christmas Vacation, they either skip over it, not the entire ramp, but the curse words, they either just, bl- just completely blend dead air audio, or uh-huh. they don't do anything with it. They don't try to make anything out of it, which is a damn shame. Yeah. <laughs> really is i mean there you'd have to think though how they could get away with some of this where they wouldn't be able to bleep it out i mean it's it's a yeah. pretty damn creative speech that he does there a pretty oh creative rant how I do you come it. up with something better on that yeah yeah and he said uh, it going like, back oh. to the to the moose mugs i'm looking on <laughs> ebay for you and um the lowest asking price for uh, might just be a single mug. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm just looking at the listing. The lowest price is twenty five oh six. Oh, Ooh. you're kidding me! The highest price is one hundred and eleven dollars. I don't know why. Good wow. someone would charge or someone would ask buy it now for a hundred and eleven dollars. That makes no sense whatsoever. Can. Oh man, you know they're. I like them. I want them, but not that bad. Oh, thank you for checking. Yeah, it's oh my goodness. That's, that's, these that's are nice. replicas. All, all, all of these that I've found on Amazon, and uh, they're officially licensed, but they're all replicas. They aren't because oh, yeah. I, like I was saying earlier, I think in the commentary they said that whatever the actual glasses were in the film were made specifically for the film, and. I think someone said that Chevy took one and yeah. one of the producers took one or whatever else or something. So anything you're going to find with these things, they're going to be replicas. And I'm mm. sorry, 
25 to 111 dollars for a le- for, no. for a replica that's a little much yeah that's a little much and it's not like it's like i mean for me even paying i paid 40 dollars for my little mini christmas story lamp and that was you know i was willing to do that i think the larger version is 200 and i'm i yeah. want one bad i want one bad but i'm like do i really want one that bad 200 dollars for a lamp uh. yeah. <laughs> but it is my favorite christmas movie so i may have to do it who knows but yeah, for the mugs, no. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we don't kind of know where most of this cast is now, or where they've been since then. I had no idea where Nicolette Scorsese had been after playing Mary. And yeah. the whole time we've been doing the episode, I've been trying to find a then and now. Yeah. And I did, and it's scary. Oh. <laughs> it's really scary. Really. She really let herself go. <laughs> Is oh, it like no. seeing uh, Daisy Duke? Oh, you know, Catherine yeah, Maybach. Catherine she's Fox. oh, yeah. she has not aged well, huh? No, 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 no. Oh man, that's too bad. Oh, now was it botched plastic surgery, or she just didn't get, or you didn't get plastic <laughs> surgery at all? A lot of them just maybe she the- spent too much time with Doctor Drew. Oh, <laughs> oh, that bad. Uh, I don't know, um, but over overall, uh, the basic you know I know I know a lot of times on MWire in the past on movie we can review over Geekcaster Network when we do retro reviews, people say oh they focus too much on the, ca- on the cast, not enough on the plot. The basic yeah. plot of the film is, is as we've already kind of talked about, is basically this guy wanting to do the best for his family to have that old fashioned family Christmas. The only Outside of nitpicks, the only part of the movie that's really slow and boring for me is when it gets stuck in the attic. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I get it. He he's he's reminiscing. I get it. It's a it's an important part of the story and it's an important pratfall for when because um oh no, it's not it's not um it's not her mother that opens the door. It, it, it is her. Her mother closes the door. See, I thought yes. I thought I thought Doris Roberts closed it and opened it. Uh, but no, Ellen is the one that opens it. Um, uh-huh. Still, even without analyzing this film, it, it just watching it, it is an amazing film. It's a tradition I do every year at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just something everyone can relate to, whether you find Chevy Chase funny or not. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, especially oh, yeah. with the family, because we all have somebody who's that crazy old, you know, who's the crazy Aunt Bethany. We've yes. always we've got somebody who's the crazy Uncle Lewis, you know, with oh, the bad toupee. I love it. Such an you asshole. Know, we all have somebody like that in our family. At least one character, you know, maybe maybe a cousin Eddie that, you know, he's the black yeah. sheep. You yeah. Know? The, I think- um I my grandfather when he was still alive, he's he's been gone for a number of years now. Uh when he was still alive and my aunt's father was still alive. The two of them are just like E.G. Marshall and uh, oh god, what's the other guy's name? Um, John Randolph. Oh. The two of them are just like them sleeping in the living oh. room. Oh, god. <laughs> the oh, two god. grandfathers. So, I yeah. remember that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it kind of um, embodies. You know, it could be any family that is you know experiencing that, and you know the. Um, because, you know, and I thought it was weird though because Clark wanted to bring everybody together, but yet once everybody was there, it was almost like he was trying to distance himself from. It. Did you guys get that sense too? Like he was yeah. just kind of like, 
It was almost like he wasn't really present in the moment. He was so focused on, I want to, I got to get these lights up. I got to get these decorations. I got to do this and this and this. And he wasn't really enjoying his family. And it was kind of, it was kind of off-putting in a sense. I love this movie, but in a, you know, looking at him going, he was so wanting to have this happen, but yet he wasn't enjoying it. It just, you know, go, go back to the scene when they're in bed and he's all sapped up. Ellen yeah. says it perfectly. He builds stuff up in his mind <laughs> that no one can live up to. Yep. Yes, he wants he wants this big old-fashioned family Christmas, but what it what he sees inside his brain yeah isn't exactly what we see as the audience as played out on screen because uh-huh. the Griswold family on both sides are a lot of nutballs. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yes. he sees he sees Norman Rockwell, and what we see is you know the dysfunctional family. <laughs> exactly, and Ellen was you know I, I've always liked Ellen's character, and throughout the you know the continuity there as far as her character and his character, and how she's kind of the voice of reason. You know, she's oh, yeah. trying to kind of you know I love that about her character is like you know Clark, let's look at this. You know, are you sure about this? You're you know she always kind of tries to bring him down a little bit to you know a little bit of reality, and it's it's kind of nice. But she even was like, are you sure about this? You know, <laughs> our family's thicker. They it's a lot of chaos, and I noticed that too. I mean, even when they're there on the front doorstep and you hear them bickering and arguing and it's so loud. And I'm like, really? <laughs> are there families that are really like that? That just within five minutes standing on a doorstep are already loud and animated like that? It just, yep. you know, and throughout <laughs> the entire movie, it was just loudness and chaos. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> well, that, so, that scene at the door, you got to also think that, the producers and the composer and everybody else built that scene up. Yes, they are young. Oh, yes. But the music, the dun, 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 you know, the the whole part of that movie with the music and just Clark and Ellen realizing, oh, no, what have we done? What have we done? Yes, so (laughs) overwhelming and just, yeah, it was, overall, it was definitely executed very well. But looking at it from a child's eyes and then looking at it now as an adult, it, it's just interesting. I love doing this podcast because I'm watching movies that I grew up with and it's a totally different perspective and oh, yeah. Yeah. an adult perspective or a parent perspective. And this is one where I'm just like, I'm watching it last night and I'm going, wow, how in the hell did they have that many people under one roof? How did that get pulled off? You know, it, it just, it was crazy. It just, and it was, there were so many comedic moments and memorable quotes that, you know, it. I loved it, um, yeah. but I can see why you don't find it one of your favorites, Doug. I can see because nothing can top the original. Yeah, you know, I mean, there was something about Christy Brinkley being in that film. Uh, you know, there was something about them taking a the trip. You know, Michael Anthony Hall in the original Vacation. I loved him as Rusty the best. Yeah, I did too. You know. Just yeah. all of that building up. I I think that that was probably why I I see it as being the best one in my mind. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Christmas Vacation is a great film. Please don't think that I don't like the film. I do. Mm-hmm. It's just not one of my favorites. It's not yeah. the favorite as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, It well, is mine because, let's face it, Ted Turner killed the other one for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 24 Hours of a Christmas Story, I know. A lot of people... Oh. 
I, I, I like it because I can tune in pretty much any time between 8 p.m., you know, Christmas Eve and 8 p.m. Christmas Day to watch it. But yeah. I, I agree, you know, it is it is a little much. Now, as far as just briefly some of the other vague, I honestly think Vegas Vacation gets a bad rap. Yes, the kids are strange in it, but it's it's Ethan Embry. And the interesting thing about Vegas Vacation is the other, instead of the positive end of Clark taking things too far, the negative end of it. And the fact that Cousin Eddie is the, really the one that has to save his ass. Yeah. To be able to get him to that final Kino game. And you see them going through marital problems because he has gone mm-hmm. so far down the gambling rat hole in Vegas. And yeah. I do I do think it's a little cheesy that Wayne mm-hmm. Newton would want to yes. commit adultery with Ellen. You know, with Ellen. Yeah. I, I think that's a little cheesy about the film. But yeah. other than that, overall, I still enjoy that one. I, you know, I only saw it one time, and I don't even. I remember Wayne Newton, but I don't remember like the overall plot of that. <laughs> I, I remember that they were doing like a like a whole indecent proposal with Wayne Newton and yes. Beverly D'Angelo. Yes, yeah. I vaguely remember that, but I don't remember. But it was Eddie that. So Ed, did Eddie bail him out? Was that? Yeah, because Eddie has a whole bunch of money buried in his backyard out in the desert. Oh, oh. so that's where they get the money, and uh-huh. then. Uh, and then they go to that final Kino game. They pick all the numbers, and at the end of the movie, the old guy, uh, Sid Caesar, um, mm-hmm. plays Mr. Ellis. The old guy, he he basically passes his ticket to Clark because he oh. won and the Griswolds didn't, and then they were able to, you know, get out of their predicament of being in debt. Well, and the other thing about the end of that that kind of bugged me was – they were all in debt and, you know, they're in this predicament and they walk out and Rusty goes, oh, yeah, I've won like four cars. Oh. And they're all driving back to Chicago on, you know, on the road out of Vegas. And you see them driving like, you know, a Viper and a Corvette and they're oh. going all back and forth with these cars. And it's just kind of like, OK. Really? Yeah. And my thought was, why didn't you turn around and sell the cars to help your dad out? But, you yeah. know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, the, 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 the greatest thing really quickly about Vegas vacation is the fact that it is, uh, uh, Sid Caesar, uh, playing the old guy at the end, because the only mm-hmm. thing I had seen him in before this, and I'm sure this is probably going to kill people that this is the only thing I've seen him in this, but he was the main role I remember him from was, uh, uh, Smiler Grogan or no, as M- Melville Crump in, uh, uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. That's oh. what you guys want to cover. Oh my god! Oh, wow. You want to talk about yeah. old Hollywood? Yes. Oh, crap. Yeah. yeah. That movie is awesome. Yeah. The fact that uh, you've got uh, Peter Falk as one of the cab drivers. Yes. Yes. Uh, so very cool. Yeah. I'll probably end up having to slide that in somewhere. That and then cover the remake Rat Race. So, oh, mm-hmm. I definitely have to go through that at some point. But, yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and just wrap this up here. Uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Talking About My Generation. I do want to say, please feel free to leave us feedback on iTunes. Uh, you can send us a tweet. Uh, you can reach us on sending us an email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. 
Find us on Facebook. Uh, we are at Talking About My Generation. I have a fan page for that. Uh, and then we're also on Stitcher if you want to tune in there to listen to us. Uh, Mike, I know you've got you, you've got your GeekCast. I'll go ahead and let you plug away here. Go to geekcastradio.com. Check out all of our podcasts, all of the interviews that we've done, um, all the blogs. We have movie blogs. We have comic reviews. We have I, I, I do soundtrack score reviews. As of this episode, La La Land Records just sent me for review the eight-disc Lethal Weapon soundtrack collection, and oh my god. That's cool. I love this music. I hate you. Yes. <laughs> just just wait till I put the YouTube video up. You'll hate me even more. Uh, some of the interviews we've gotten. We've had Larry Kenny twice, uh, voice of Lionel from Thundercats. We've had Rob Paulson twice. Okay. Uh, we've talked with Kevin Conroy, John DeLancey, uh, Jason David Frank, Steve Bloom, Pat Fraley. Uh, writers, we've had Larry Dottilio, uh, not Bob Forward, I'm sorry, uh, Robert Skier, uh, David Wise, uh, most recently Kyle Higgins and Margaret Scott. Um, we've got plenty of interviews coming up for 2014, and it, it's going to be epic. We've talked to Phil Lamar a couple of times. Oh, you lucky man. Yeah, Phil's awesome. <laughs> Phil is really Very awesome. Cool. So, yeah, just head on over there and, and check it out. We've got a ton of great content over there. All right. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and sign off this episode here. I'm going to play out Mavis Staples singing Christmas Vacation, which is what we hear in the very beginning of the film. And then I'll also play uh, Clark Griswold on his rant.
Hey! If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> 